0: Welcome to the Knox Soccer podcast where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town little city Knoxville Tennessee and here we are Brian we are in round 3 of the playoffs it is the elite 8 i mean it just it rhymes it just goes with it so yes we are in the elite 8 with starting off with 100 plus teams we are the final 8 how does that feel, Brian? How's it feel?
1: It feels wonderful. It is very confusing. I think for the sake of listeners and fans, uh, we have been calling it the Elite eight, even though this is this is conference championship weekend and also national semifinal weekend. So last weekend, we saw conference quarters and semis. On Friday, there will be conference champions crowned in the East west south and central divisions and then there will be a national semifinal. of course here in knoxville we're hosting the southern and eastern conference championships and so those two teams will face each other and then des moines iowa they will have the central and western conference championships and i know patty you did some research on that so we're gonna gonna get down into it
0: so no more south south central or Western Western Cowboy division or uh, ca- California Hang Ten division it's it's actually getting something that we actually know it is the Western, the central, the Southern and the eastern that that makes sense right
1: I admire I admire fans who have stuck along. Through this journey and bothered to learn the names of all these divisions, like the South Central and which was once the Deep South, and then all the different Texas divisions, and then in the East you have the Metropolitan Division and the North Atlantic and the Lobster Crab Division, and the it's just <laughs> it's hard to keep track of.
0: It is hard to keep track of, but we are finally here. So now we are down to the final eight. So these Friday matches, people will walk away with hardware as conference champions. So, that is that is enough to celebrate, but then of course when when you win, uh you you keep going up, right? So then it moves into uh the final 4 or uh the last four teams remaining, right? Uh and that will be uh what is it the eastern and western um no, or just the semifinals?
1: Yes. So what is really interesting about the national semifinals is it will be the first time that teams face each other across conferences. And that's why it's so difficult to really fairly call this the elite eight or the final four, because we've not seen teams cross conferences until it gets down to that semifinal match on Sunday when central meets west and south meets east.
0: All right, so let's uh like th- let's break this down. Let's start California and come on over. So that we're going to go west, central, and then we'll pop up the eastern and then we'll come down to southern.
1: Let's let's really make fans listen to the whole episode by starting as far away as we can from let's Knoxville. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. On Friday at 8:15 p.m., the Des Moines Menace are taking on Flint City Bucks at Iowa, or at Des Moines Menace. Uh, And I'm going to tell you about both of them. So, uh, let's see. And so this is going to be the Central Division. So the Flint City Bucks, regular season, 8-3-3, and and they were second in the division. The last match they played, uh, they won 2-1 against Chicago FC United at Atwood Stadium. So that means they were at home. Flint City Buck fans were there cheering them on, being the 12th man, probably pushed them over. Fantastic. Interesting thing about Flint City Bucks, founded in 1995, same year USL2 was founded. They are a Columbus Crew affiliate, and they hold the most championships of all of USL2 teams. 2006, 2014, 2016, 2019. And their leading gold scorer is Yelric Dalman. He has 11 goals, 5-1 <laughs> in one game and he didn't score in the last match, so I'm sure he's very, very hungry. He is German and playing at Niagara University. Super cool that this club has been around for all of USL2, 27 years, uh, in Flint, Michigan. They had their uh, home field advantage. Now they're going on enemy turf, uh, going to Des Moines, Iowa, and playing at Des Moines, hopefully dethroning them and taking another title. I think, if I'm doing the math right here, Des Moines Menace took the title from them. So Flint City Bucks, champion 2019. USL2 did not play in 2020. And then Des Moines Menace, 2021. So hoping to reestablish their dominance of the USL2 Flint City Bucks. All right, so Des Moines Menace. Anyone heard of this team before? I haven't. Psych. All right, so Des Moines Menace, even though uh, they no longer have Mark McKeever, as he is now our coach of One Knoxville SC, uh, they have a regular season of ten, zero and two, so they are undefeated. They have tied twice, and they were first in their division. So the last match, they won four to one against Kings Hammer FC. What a cool name, man! Kings Hammer, uh, dropping the hammer, dropping the hammer. That had to be that has to be a line. So much, so bad. Uh, anyway, this is what's amazing.
1: This is what's an, if we could just take yeah, a go short little pause. This is what is amazing about American soccer is that in other countries, you don't really have mascots, but we're talking about Kings Hammer, the Flint City Bucks, the Des Moines Menace on on the East, which I'll talk about a little later. We've got the Phantoms and the Rough Riders. It's just great. It's, it's so, so good. Much fun.
0: It's awesome. That last match, they did play at Valley Stadium in Des Moines, so they also had the home team advantage. They have one championship, which was last year, Mark McKeever steering the ship for them. Uh, And then uh, their new coach is Dean Johnson. This was their press release of Dean Johnson. Dean Johnson is currently in his second season at Davis and Elkins division two and serves as the director of soccer during the fall of 2021 season. He was named men's mountain East conference coach of the year coached the MEC offense and defense players of the year and directed the team to a number two NCAA division two national ranking. So Losing Mark McKeever, as we brought him down to one Knoxville, they definitely hired Dean Johnson, championship coach, to bring them a championship, and he brought them a uh, undefeated season. Of course, with his squad, yeah, they're, they're still on the way. Of my research, they are hoping to be a USL championship team by 2024. So, dear listener, MLS is the top. Right below that is USL championship Below that is USL 1. Below that is USL 2. So the Menace are in fourth-tier soccer right now, and say hope and aspire to jump up to the second level of the soccer pyramid right below the MLS. And they're well on their way right now. Undefeated season coming into this. Leading goal scorers. We have three of them, uh, all scoring four. So Alessandro Valvedego. Uh, we have Elliot Goldthorpe and Brandon Birmingham. Des Moines Menace, they're still hot. They're still rocking. And they are hosting. They will be hosting those round of playoffs, uh, the Central and Western Divisions. So they're going to be hot. Still have that 12th man there with the home crowd. Yeah, so they're the ones to keep an eye on.
1: There has been a lot of chatter in the One Knoxville Club Discord over the past couple of days about what could happen if... The Menace and One Knoxville make it through, not just because of the storyline with Mark McKeever and there being nine players from The Menace currently in One Knoxville squad. That's from last year's Menace squad. Uh, But because these are the two teams that are hosting. So you have Des Moines on one side, Knoxville on the other side. The national championship game will be next weekend, August 6th. Where is it going to be played? So if both teams make it out, it's going to be very interesting.
0: It's going to be very interesting. Within USL2, is there like a supporter shield? Like if, you know, it comes up the national, you know, like someone will have a home field advantage if we advance type of thing?
1: I don't know. So the supporter shield champion was Lionsbridge FC this year. And obviously they're eliminated. So I don't know how it's going to work. Okay, I, I think, I think... Apparently, Des Moines Menace had more than 7,000 fans in attendance at the national championship game Holy in smokes. 2021. We've not seen numbers like that for Knoxville. We've not seen capacity like that for Knoxville. So I would love, I would seriously love it if they did it at a neutral venue somewhere in between because Iowa and and Knoxville are so far from each other. Um, yeah,
0: Kentucky but, or Illinois or something like that.
1: It, yeah, it would be great if they found a way to do it at a neutral site. But then, of mm-hmm. course, you'd need to find one of the eliminated teams that would be willing to help put that together logistically.
0: Yeah. That is the central, um, which I said I would start with the western, but here we are. Anyways, this is how we roll. Yes. It's,
1: it's okay. We go central, west, east. Yeah. All right. Central, central west, east. Central to west, to all east right. to south.
0: right. Let's do this. So it is going to be Ventura County Fusion and Ballard FC. Ventura County Fusion, regular season, 8-2-2. in the division. Their last match, they won two to one against Southern California Seahorses, also an incredible team to name. I'm
1: like the I would mighty, be lo-
0: the mighty Seahorses.
1: Mi- yes, oh I would gosh. put that I'm, on my shirt. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, I'm looking up their jersey right now. I think I might, uh, I think I might grab one. I am grabbing a Rexham FC shirt. Totally going to do that. So.
1: Consider. Oh my gosh, they're sponsored by Chick Fil A. No way. Southern California Seahorses are sponsored by Chick Fil A. They have Chick Fil A on the front of their jersey.
0: I want it. All right. Go to the store right now. Ventura County Fusion uh, won against Southern California Seahorses. They were founded in 2006. couple interesting notes on the Wikipedia page. On July 15, 2014, Fusion played a friendly against the Rangers from Glasgow, Scotland, which the Fusion won 3 1. And then on July 15, 2018, Jermaine Jones played his last match of competitive football with the Fusion um, in a one nil home loss to FC Golden State Force, but very cool. Jermaine Jones coming up from the USL2. Super, super cool. This season, leading goal scorer with seven is Logan Farrington as a number nine, and he plays at Milwaukee. Uh Yeah, so Ventura Fusion, one of the fusions. And then we have Ballard FC, founded 2021. This is their first season, just like one Knoxville. Uh Last... Uh, the. Their regular season, 8-2-2, second in the division. So this is a theme in this side of the conference. A lot of 8-2-2s, a lot of second in the divisions. Last match, they won 3-2 against San Francisco Glens SC. uh, Leading goal scorer, uh, Ian Maya. he also has seven goals, also as a striker. So definitely two teams that are playing, that are relying heavy on their strikers. Ballard FC is from Seattle uh, Ventura County. So a long drive, both of them to Des Moines, um, might be a little chilly guys bring a hoodie, definitely a long drive for them to be there to keep in the headspace and be match fit. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. So that all of those games will be played in Des Moines, you know, double header on Friday and then, you know, advancing going on into Sunday. So Ballard FC and, uh, Ventura County fusion will play at 4 PM on Friday. So, that is a fourth seed and a five seed. And then Flint City, Des Moines Menace is a seven seed versus a one seed.
1: Patty, since I'm assuming you're pretty neutral about who wins out of the west and the central. Is that right?
0: So, okay. Here it is. My parents are from Iowa. (gasps) When they said Des Moines Menace, I was like, my parents grew up right, right outside of Des Moines. So, Des Moines, it's weird. We... You know,
1: we have a lot of conflicting identities within us as people, Patty.
0: Right, exactly. So I'm all about Iowa. The great bike ride that travels across Iowa is happening right now. 25,000 people are just parting their way across Iowa. It goes through Des Moines every once in a while, Des Moines menace. I'm all about them, but I'm conflicted. Cause you know, we got to beat them, you know, regardless, whoever, whoever is coming out of Sunday, you know, we're going to beat them, you know?
1: Well, the reason I asked was because, assuming you'd be neutral, I was going to have you pick who you want your champions and semifinalists to be, based exclusively on the crest. Because oh, I'm totally down, strong, dude.
0: I'm totally. I'm some, a creative. I'm totally down for that. Okay, so here's so here's the thing. When one Knoxville was being being debuted, Ballard FC was being debuted, and there was this USL Two crest competition. You know. I believe one Knoxville won. Uh, and I remember Ballard F C being also in the runnings for that. Uh, Ballard F C is pretty dope. I like that bridge. Des Moines Menaces has this nice mid nineties look to it, you know, definitely like World Cup ninety four, you know. Flint City, that club is twenty seven years old. That crest is also twenty seven years old. You can tell. Like it just that looks. would have won
1: that would have won a crest competition though, twenty seven years ago. Oh, when absolutely. You think about what it would have been up against,
0: but but then also you look at it. There are four stars on that crest, man. Like four stars, four stars. I mean, that's that's sorry, uh, sorry, Des Moines Menace, but that is menacing. Flint City Bucks are menacing. You know, walking in with those four stars, uh, and then Ventura uh, Ventura County Fusion. No way, just throwing them out. It, that that was just they got that off of. Uh, you know, Fiverr being like Refusion, give us a give us a logo. Uh, so, I'm gonna go. Right. You know what? I'm gonna go Flint City, man.
1: We're going old school.
0: Flint City, it is for me.
1: Um, All right. And we will at the end, at the end of the episode, we will give you our picks for who we think the conference champions are going to be, who's going to face off in the national semifinal. So you have a little bit of that just just to wait momentarily yep. on.
0: All right. Brian, take, in, take us to the Eastern Conference. What's happening, man?
1: All right. Eastern Conference. We have two teams We have two teams that are traveling quite a long distance to Knoxville, Tennessee for their championship. So we have the second-seeded Seacoast United Phantoms who are traveling 15 hours from Epping, New Hampshire to Knoxville, and the fifth-seeded Long Island R- Rough Riders who have – an 11-and-a-half-hour trek from Long Island, New York. So, Seacoast, how did they make their conference final? They did it by defeating Christos FC 4-1, then the Western Massachusetts Pioneers, who hosted their regional quad, 1-0 after extra time. There was a little bit of controversy there because it reads like Western Massachusetts had actually scored a last-minute wonder goal That was ruled out by the officials and Seacoast and Western Mass have some history together because last year in the 2021 playoffs, Western Mass eliminated Seacoast in the conference semifinals. So there's always a little bit of drama when those two teams get together. Seacoast had a very good regular season. They won the Northeast division 12 one in one was their record. That lone loss was against who else? Western Mass. They lost 3-1, but they avenged that loss. So the danger men for Seacoast are Taig Healy, who is actually a New Hampshire product, plays his soccer at the University of New Hampshire, and he's got seven goals and four assists through the playoffs. He's followed by Charlie Sharp, who's got seven goals and three assists. So it's a very good Seacoast United team that is looking to advance further through the playoffs than they ever have before. Who do they face? The Long Island Rough Riders made their way to the Eastern Conference Championship by first defeating the Ocean City Nor'easters 3-1. Interesting fact there, the Ocean City Nor'easters is actually where Giorgio Kachewski and Kasper Scrape, two Knoxville players, they actually transferred there midseason and so they left Knoxville to go play for Ocean City, and they got eliminated. So, so sorry. You should have never left us. Long Island then bested the Vermont Green in their conference semifinal. That match ended 2-1, and that was a sad end to the Vermont Greens' inaugural season. We know that one Knoxville and Vermont actually shared a crest designer in Matt Wolf, and there were some fans on social that were hoping we would see each other. But unfortunately... They had to bid a So Long Island, they go into the championship off a strong performance in the regular season. They went 11-2-1. That was good enough for second in the Metropolitan Division. They scored loads of goals. After two rounds of playoffs, Matthew Vowinkle leads the team with 13 goals in 14 matches. That is right. Nearly a goal a match. Ryan Carmichael is next with 12 goals in 16 matches. For reference, one Knoxville's leading goal scorer, Stephen Afrifa, he's got 10 goals right through regular season and playoffs. So they have two, t- two players on their team who have scored lots of goals, and each of those players have scored twice through two playoff games. The Rough Riders, they have the number four prospect in the nation. That's the 6'5 German center back, Bjorn Tyson, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, T-H-I-E-S-E-N, and he plays at West Virginia. And they also have the number 10 prospect in the nation, another defender, the Australian Mason Tatafu who plays at Hofstra. Bo Winkle, the leading goal scorer, is number 24 in the nation. So we've talked this season about one Knoxville having three top 50 prospects. Well, Long Island has three top 25 prospects, and two of them happen to be Defender, so that could bode really well for them going into the playoff because we know teams get more pragmatic and when you're facing potential elimination you want to know that you've got strong guys there keeping that fortress together for comparison Seacoast they also have some top prospects they have the number 45 and 50 guys and that's Tay Healy, the local boy who's number 45 he's a central midfielder and then the left winger Ethan Taylor, and he is the number 50 prospect. If the Rough Riders happen to win against Seacoast and advance to the national semifinal, it will, it will be the second time they have reached the national semifinals in their history. The first time was in 2011. There is a little bit of history here, a little bit of bad blood. So I mentioned that last year, Seacoast went out in the conference semifinals, well, these two teams actually faced each other in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals and Seacoast won that match 2-1. to one. So Seacoast comes in here and if you're just looking at them on paper based on record, the superior team, Long Island, if you're looking at the man for man, may have the superior individual talent. Both teams have had some competitive matches to make it this far, so it's going to be pretty interesting To see who comes out of the East. They play at 430 at Austin East High School on Friday. And then they would play that national semifinal against the South on Sunday.
0: All right. So now we're jumping over to the Southern Conference. Which your one Knoxville SC boys in blue or lads in cream have advanced. And we are going up against North Carolina Fusion U23. Just to let you know.
1: North Carolina Fusion
0: Brian, tell me about that. The U23, I'm, I'm confused.
1: So it is, an, it is a club that is, their, their USL2 team is exclusively under 23. So they do not have a League One affiliate or a league or a championship team like some other clubs have. So North Carolina FC that actually plays in that division, they're a League One side. They have an NWSL team, the Courage. And North Carolina Fusion is an exclusively League Two team and they just happen to only use under 23 players. They're a very successful youth club. Uh, the League Two team has also been historically very successful. Um, we know that League Two rules allow for, I believe, 10 under-23 players and 8 over-23 players. There's not really a big difference there. One Knoxville has some over-23. So you've got Sebastian Andreasen, who actually turned 25 during the season. Jamesy e. Thomas is 24. Cameron Vickers who's in the squad, but we've not seen him play in in quite a while. He's 33. He's the oldest member of the team. So North Carolina fusion. They just happen to be a U23 side. Gotcha. I was going to say this, Patty. I was actually really glad last weekend that we saw the boys in their Smoky Mountain Blues as well as their creme de la creme. I had actually been chatting about it with my wife, and I said, you know, they played in their Blues on Friday, and they've got a 48-hour turnaround. They played extra time. I mean, I'm sure they can do their laundry <laughs> or somebody will do their laundry for them. But you got to think, like, right. they've got these clean, cream jerseys. So I was glad yeah. that we actually got to see both yeah. of
0: them. It was really um, good.
1: So I'm, I'm curious. Uh, okay. North Carolina Fusion, they they use white jerseys. And so um, that blue jersey might look really nice against that white jersey on Friday. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but we covered one Knoxville and how they performed in both their quarterfinal and semifinal last weekend. You can go back to our previous two episodes to – Listen in, I gave you my dispatch, my take on it. Overall, the team looked really good, really effective at what they do, which is controlling possession, pressing high up the field, being dangerous on set-piece opportunities. I think there was a lot of tension there on Friday, Patty, because when you're hosting two games over the course of a weekend, if you lose the first game, you suddenly have visiting teams playing at your home ground, and that feels terrible it feels like somebody's broken into your house while you're still there and they're actively moving into your house. It just doesn't feel right. And so I think that's why we saw the extra time win. You know, it was 4-2. Uh, the team looked much more confident, much more composed on the ball. Of course, fresher, because they did have some players that could rotate in. They won Knoxville has a very deep squad, and they got the comfortable 2-0 win over West Virginia United. North Carolina Fusion are a very, very good team. There's no doubt about it. You cannot over- Estimate them. They went 11-1-2 in their regular season. For much of it, they were considered the best team in the country right beside the Des Moines Menace, who are the only undefeated team through playoffs. The Fusion, they won the South Atlantic Division with 35 points. That's six points over the second-place team, the West Virginia United. So they comfortably took home Trophy in the South Atlantic. The occasion where the Fusion did drop points was against North Carolina FC under-23 side. And, of course, that's the reserve side for the League One North Carolina FC team. So they drew. And then in the final regular season match day, once the division was already wrapped up, the Fusion lost 2-1 against West Virginia United. Earlier in the season, they had tied with West Virginia 2-2. They lost 2-1. That was an 83rd-minute goal by Alal Asumanu, who, when Knoxville did an excellent job of keeping quiet on Sunday night, and that was the only reason that West Virginia even got through to compete in the playoffs where they initially upset Nona before falling to Knoxville. Fusion, they did face some adversity from the Villages in their conference quarterfinal. That was actually hosted last weekend at the Villages in Florida. The game ended 1-1 in regulation time, and then it was decided 6-5 on PKs. So, according to USL2 data, which we know can be very, very faulty, the Fusion were outshot 17-6, yet they came through with a clutch win that set them up to face Asheville City, the eternal Smoky Mountain rivals mm-hmm. of 1 Knoxville, and 1 Knoxville knows them very well, against Asheville, according to the debatable USL2 data. The Fusion were also outshot. Juan Basabe had to make six saves, but with with two goals from their talisman Mason Duval, the Fusion pulled off the 2-1 victory. That second goal came in the 81st minute, crushing Ashevillean Hearts. I asked Mark McKeever about the Fusion, a team that he knows well because last year Mark was with the Des Moines Menace. They faced the Fusion in the national championship final. They got the 1-0 win. And he, he knows Fusion has been considered one of the best teams in the country for a while now. And he said they're a side with a lot of depth and a lot of versatility. They can change the way they play. So they can be a direct side that just boots the ball up route one. They can be indirect and they can switch off very, very easily. So they could go from being a direct side to being a, Tiki-taka, pass the ball around, close control. They've got a lot of very gifted players, and they're really able to adapt based on the style of soccer that their opponent is imposing on them. The game will for sure see flows of possession and energy from both sides, and I believe that it can play a number of ways on any given day. Essentially what Mark is telling us is this is a very good team that can adapt to however you play, and it is unpredictable. What will happen? So, that's exciting. That's nerve-wracking, right? Um, yeah. Now, if you ask me, who must one Knoxville look out for? Well, that is undoubtedly the aforementioned Mason Duvall. The Elon University stud is already a full international for the Cayman Islands, for which he's been capped seven times. He's got 11 goals in 14 games, and he will lead the line for the North Carolinians. We've also got the Englishman, Jamie Davis, in central midfield. Davis actually plays his football for the Peacocks. That's what? right. The, the Yes, exactly. The midfielder from Cheshire, England, home of the world-famous Cheshire Cat, I believe, is, <laughs> is a four-year starter. Um, I think, right, that's a, the reason why it's Cheshire. Um, he's a four-year starter for St. Peter's University up in my neck of the woods in the 201, Jersey City, New Jersey. He has the second most assist in St. Peter's History, though his numbers for the Fusion this season have been more modest, across 13 games he's got two goals and two assists. The other player worth mentioning is the Brazilian Jao Gomedo, who's got 10 goals and two assists across 15 games. Gomedo actually spent last year with the Fusion. He got six goals and eight assists in 12 games. And we all know how good the Fusion were last season. On their road to the national title, they actually down a couple of South Central opponents so they beat the South Carolina United Bantams 2-1. to And then in the conference championship game last year, they beat the South Georgia Tormenta 4-2. to They then beat the Western Massachusetts Pioneers, so a familiar foe of Long Island and Seacoast. They beat them 3-1 in the national semifinal. So there's a lot of familiarity between all of these teams. One Knoxville is the only team In the south or east that's kind of brand new to this they're the the debutants so to speak i have no way of judging which conference is stronger i did see some twitter rankings going around about the east being the strongest conference in the country but we also know as you pointed out patty there are some conferences where they there were divisions that only played 12 games they didn't play the full 14 games they had lots of travel so it's really hard to judge, and that's what makes it exciting because whoever comes out, whether it's Knoxville or Fusion, Seacoast or Long Island, you're going to have an unpredictable se- semifinal because none of these teams have, have taken a sniff at each other before.
0: Yeah, Mark McKeever has so much experience within this league and him just knowing about North Carolina Fusion, hoping he um, yeah, he can just uh, set us up, go toe-to-toe, and play the ball that needs to be played to win. and I guess what gives me hope is, yes, we very much have a certain style of play that we like to play that you highlight a lot on the commentary and whatnot. And, you know, at the end of the match, when you would think, oh, you know, uh, forwards or attacking mids are are getting tired, let's uh, put on some defensive mids or, you know, and let's shift back. You know, it's like, no, we're going to pile on some more attacking forwards and more attacking mids and we're going to go for it. Um, but we also showed up to... Asheville city away. And we played, a, to be honest, a completely different ball, a ball game, you know, like, so we, we are tactically, uh, able to adjust our play. So I believe in Mark and Dino and Nick, uh, we're going to come up against, uh, North Carolina fusion. Yeah. And we're going to take them down. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: That's what's got me really eager and antsy, the fact that we have seen one Knoxville play a different brand of football on at least one occasion, and that was the Asheville match that we traveled for where they played more direct. They really utilized those set pieces. They were very efficient on those set pieces. So I'm curious to see if on Friday we see another very tall, very strong lineup potentially with Buster Schoberg returning to the starting eleven. Yannick Kranz in the starting 11. We know Max McNulty was nursing a little bit of an injury and didn't play last weekend. But if he makes his return, Sebastian Andreason, there's different ways that one Knoxville can set up, and that's what makes it fun, and that's what makes fans really excited uh, to come out. And I know that one of the great advantages is the support and having the scruffs there and having more than 2,300 craze fans there. So before last weekend, the attendance record for one Knoxville had been the 2,200 that showed up at Austin East the first game. It looks like tickets are selling really well, and so we could potentially see the attendance record broken on Friday night for the Southern Conference Championship. And how beautiful of a storyline would that be if the place where they opened their season and lost is the place where they claim their second major trophy? Because the hiking boot of the Smoky Mountain Series. We'll call that a minor trophy, but that's where One Knoxville can claim its second major trophy of the year.
0: Friday's going to be credible. 4.30, Long Island Rough Riders against Seacoast United Phantoms. And then One Knoxville SC will take on North Carolina Fusion at 7.30. Going to be fantastic. Make sure to get your tickets at onenoxvillesc.com. I think it's the same thing. $16 gets you in for the whole day, and then they have a package for the whole weekend. Just get the package. Uh, We'll both be there. Uh, Brian and I both will be alive on the Instagram, and we'll get a pod out uh, the next day on all of the happenings. And then we'll be there on Sunday doing the same thing and giving you a pod on Monday. It's going to be fantastic.
1: All right, Patty. So I don't want to put you on the spot, and you do not need to select a score line. But do you have predictions for how the Western and Central Championships will go, and who will make it into those national semifinals? And you could even make your suggestion for who makes it to that August sixth national championship.
0: Yeah, I just got a feeling, man. Um, Flint City is going to take them down, man. Flint City is moving on.
1: Whoa, uh, the stunner!
0: Yeah, the stunner. And then, as much as I, yeah, as much as I want Ballard's to move past the fusion. Um I think Fusion's going to take him. Uh just because there can be only uh one new team in the the final and that's going to be us. Uh you know. Um uh, no no Cinderella, you know, you can't have two Cinderella stories of like oh these two upstarts. Um so Flint City and Fusion are coming into that final match and yeah from there I think Flint City's going to come back. They want that title back. So, Brian, so I decided that side of the bracket. Who's coming out of the East?
1: So I'm going to go with Seacoast United. Okay. I think Seacoast United will best the Rough Riders only minimally. It will be decided by the faintest of margins. Let's call it a 2-1 90th minute winner. Um <laughs> mostly I'm guessing that based on the fact that Seacoast, they won their uh, division championship and they go by the phantoms and phantoms are, are hard to yeah, put your finger down on because absolutely. they're not real. You know, exactly. it's like they're not friendly ghosts. They're not Casper phantoms right. are.
0: Phantoms. I mean, those long Island guys, they're just riding horses. Yeah. They're rough, but they're just riding horses. You know, phantoms can take you out.
1: yeah <laughs> Phantoms can take you out. So yeah. So the phantoms are more, they're, they're more erratic. They're more capricious. And so I'm going to go with the (laughs) Seacoast United Phantoms, making it out of the East and the South. Obviously, I got to give it to one Knoxville. I think that the coaching staff is going to concoct the right strategy to best North Carolina fusion and that the local support will turn out in big numbers and cheer their boys on to victory. Now, if the worst case scenario were to happen and, and fusion advances, I still think we've had one heck of a season so i know there's probably a lot of tension being felt by both the staff and the players and local supporters but to make it this far for both one Knoxville and for ballard in your inaugural campaign is historic it's memorable it's worth all of the plaudits so i i applaud what one nostrils achieved so far i still think they have more to go and so i'm predicting a one Knoxville versus seacoast united national semifinal and i kind of like the fact that you went with flint city bucks i'm not going to make a pick there i know that the bucks have won national championships they've won regular season championships so have des moines it would be i think a huge relief and weight off of uh, at least my shoulders if we saw one knoxville go up against a team that isn't des moines menace because yep, I, agree. Of, I agree you know because of all the all the relationships there so um, I'm going to say one nostril into the national championship on August 6th.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that one now, highly invested in a club. I'm like, yeah, do I, do I, uh, do I tell people my score line? Do I want to curse? You know, is the, am I going to curse somebody? Like
1: <laughs> all, all I know is one of the, one, I think one of the advantages that one nostril may have is that Danny Fernandez, He plays for Lenoir Rhine in North Carolina. That's where he plays his college soccer. Danny did not play on Friday. He played in the left center back position on Sunday. He actually knows the goalkeeper, and and I believe there's a handful of players at at the North Carolina Fusion who play at Lenoir Rhine. so Danny Fernandez knows them well. So maybe we have a little bit of intel there. Um, I... Am really galvanized by what we saw when we went to Asheville, where yep, agreed. One Knoxville, they they walked that boiling cauldron away. A really good Asheville side, really uh, good control of the ball. Really dangerous player in Kemi Yamiche, and they were able to neutralize them. They played really strong defensively, despite picking up ten yellow cards, and they were so good on the set pieces. And I just think that. We didn't see that level of efficiency on the set pieces Friday and Sunday, even though we did see goals come off of set pieces, long throw-ins and and corners and free kicks. And I just I think that one knuckle is going to put it all together. So they will finish out their training on Thursday, then Friday. They will um, take it nice and easy leading into the match. I think the weather right now is predicting rain, some chance of storms, but of course it is East Tennessee. So... Who knows? It could be sunny and 110
0: degrees. (laughs) Wait and and see. And it'll be at Austin East High School. Fantastic venue for everything footy. Be sure to follow us on com as well as Twitter and Instagram for everything going into this weekend. Uh, This has been your preview for round three and four of the playoffs. Guys and gals, we will see you tomorrow. There can be only one Knox.
1: Only one knocks. Let's go. Playoff Only weekend, one baby. knocks. Let's go. Let's do it again. Let's do it again.